Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Super Coach Edge for the round eight review and round nine preview. And it uh, was a relatively uneventful round for once, but with injuries and key suspensions in recent weeks, it was a welcome relief for us all. Josh Dunkley got things off to a flyer first up, especially for those who captained him. And he went on a clinic to score 149. Not to be outdone though, Bont, Le Bont, as we call him, proved an even tastier option with a 164. Whilst the... Pink Sweaty Pig himself mm. was a suitable alternative and a tasty one at that with a 136. In terms of more, I guess, pot options, a 179 from Jay-Z, just pulled that from his absolute clacker, and a 156 from Goulden. Would have no doubt been nice if you had your own, um, I guess, patented Supercoach Edge crystal ball, which mm. still haven't been on sale yet because they're uh, going through a few issues. Uh, not unlike AFL 23, a few glitches and, and patches that need to be uh, sent out there, but you'd need to go in one of those in order to know if those guys were dropping those type of scores. And it only took, must say, multiple best on grounds and an Anzac Day medal. Mm. But opposition coaches are finally, finally paying close attention to Nick Dacos, who scored a lowly score by his standards of just 81 against the Swans with Clark, his shadow for a majority of the day. Mm. And in terms of some other poorer scores, there are a couple of fallen primos who perhaps have further to fall in price than we originally thought, with uh, low-scoring weeks from both Lockie Neal and James Sicily, who coincidentally both scored 63. Um, and it's going to result in a further drop in price, you would expect. And with buyers fast approaching, these fallen primos could be right for the picking at the perfect time. Mm, indeed. All we need are some new cash cows to downgrade to, and we'll be set. <laughs> And there are some appearing on the horizon, unless it's merely a mirage. Mm. Mention that. And there's just a just yeah pool of 50, 50k uh, cash prize there amongst them as well. Uh, uh, we can dream. But of course, if you're not following us on socials, where we post the latest news, post match supercoach scores, and the odd meme or two, you can do so via on Twitter at supercoach underscore edge at demoj88 or Liam at Liam Evans underscore 95 on Facebook, Insta, and TikTok. Just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Yep. Um, let's kick off things today hmm. with our usual recap in the good, the bad, and the ugly. For those new to our show, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we roll through some of the notable and the more forgettable perform- performances across the round. I'm tongue-tied today. And touch on how our own teams performed in our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for ultimate supremacy. Damon, do you want to kick off with uh, the good? 
Yes, Zigood. Let's kick off Zigood with Lebont, who Ooh. wrestles this away from Dunkley with his mammoth score. And geez, must say it feels good to be an owner of the top dog when he's at full flight. It's good, isn't it? Like there was, uh, yeah. we've said it before. Like we owned him previous seasons, and he's just turned to shit. But he's finally forgiven us, and we've forgiven him uh, because I mean, it's not really has it hasn't really been his fault. It's been Champion Data's fault. They've kind of put it in their heads that uh, they just sling him, just bulk points, just you know pucker up as we mm. say. They put on the lipstick, get on their knees, and. Um, and yeah, he pretty much gets gifted points. So uh, yeah, happy enough with that. But uh, he put in a solid score for us and uh, very, very happy with that. Mm, very good score. Now onto the bad. The score of just 37 from Ashcroft wasn't what we wanted to see from one of our prime cash cows. Well, we'll cut him some slack, I guess, because he's a first year player. Despite the huge wraps, he does find himself in the bad category as he has all but halted his cash gen that we were hoping would continue along until the buyers. Yes, indeed. A bit of a disappointment there, but uh, mm. nevertheless, uh, don't be fearful. We will uh, provide a couple of options if you're looking to trade Ooh. him uh, very, very shortly. And let's move on to the ugly. So there's probably a few candidates here. And uh, I mean, you can narrow it down and we'll narrow it down to the combined honors here, hand in hand as they're hard to split considering both scored just mm. 63 and they are Sicily and Neil who take out this category, just an all round ugly display from two players who have historically been some of the more reliable uh, in recent mm. years in their respective positions. So let's kick off uh, in terms of how our teams fared coming out of the weekend. I ended up scoring a uh, juicy score mm. uh, of 2,451 and in terms of ranking, I went up 2,452 spots uh, to now sit 4,028th. So yes, continued my ascension to the higher ranking rungs. And uh, as you can see there, uh, I cut my rank by one third uh, to now finally sit inside the top 5K. So uh, tracking nicely, tracking nicely. And I actually compared it with, in recent times, one of my more successful seasons, which was in 2019 when I finished... Was it 147th? I think it was something. I think it was mm. overall, and I'm pretty much a week behind that schedule of that season. Um, yeah, so uh, interesting. So uh, hopefully, I can continue it <laughs> if that's anything to go by. That's hopefully, I can continue that um, yes. that ascension. Uh, but in terms of trades, I made no secret last week. I was craving the absolute taste of the pink sweaty pig, uh, and this week. Uh, there, there is no pig in a can, uh, <laughs> as you might have seen if you tuned in last week. Uh, pig juice. <laughs> the pig juice that you referred to it as, <laughs> a.k.a. the Mountain Dew, not to be confused with Stewie Dew in a can, which is a different brand. Um, <laughs> not that you'd want to drink that. But uh, yes, I got my fix of the uh, the pink sweetie pig, and boy, was it tasty. With that uh, 136 captain mm. score first up, mind you, bringing him in at the expense of Hopper. And I cashed in Fergus Green and the Pooh Philippou for Simpson. Simpson E. Simpson E. Simpson E. And Ricotta, <laughs> aka Panacotta, aka Chincotta. Uh, so, in terms of cash cows, you know, probably look to be healthier than some. I've got um, Wilmot, Chincotta, Seamus Mitchell, Simpson, and Ryan that I'm now relying upon um, mm. over the coming weeks to make bank, but also help me through the buys, um, which we start to look at uh, at this point in the season. Special shout out also to Ryan who smashed out a ton and could have actually found himself in the good category. Uh, such was his week. 
because now he's going to make us bulk coin. He's got about a hundred and what was it? hundred and four. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, at the time it was a risk. We both discussed this at length. You and I, Liam, do we go for Van Ruin who could potentially make more cash compared to Ryan, who was at a cheaper. higher price point? Yeah. Um, cheaper JVR, but uh, it's worked out an absolute treat there, especially uh, considering that news has come out that uh, Van Ruin has been offered a two-week ban for his hit on... Um, Ballard. Ballard, yes. Uh, not to be stretched off. So not a good look, but uh, I think they are contesting it for those owners of JVR, but it did work out well. In terms of, I guess, what I'm looking to do this week, I did actually put out a Team Talk video uh, this morning or last night um, prior to this episode, of course. And I did say that I was looking to bring Steel in and I had a bit of a long drive today. Uh, for work and across the course of that journey in my mind I was doing moves and I thought you know what I can afford Jordan Dawson if I go early on someone like a Drury and I think the time is nigh for me to do jury duty because I got out of it previously um, so it's a good time to bring him in so I might just be doing that move and bypassing the move that I was I was throwing up in my team talk which is to bring Steel in but still I think maybe if I go down this route this will probably be the last Upgrade that I do for a fair while, at least heading into the buys because I need to conserve the amount of trades I've got, but we'll wait and mm. see there. But as I said, to catch a closer insight into my team strategy and uh, I guess trading plans, which I did discuss as well, heading beyond next week, you can catch that in uh, Demo's Team Talk mini episode, which is exclusively, of course, on our Supercoach Edge YouTube channel. And Liam, how did you fare coming out of the Yes, meeting? not as well, but just, just before, just know that you were obviously responsible and just thinking about the trades in your head and not while you were driving <laughs> in the of app, course. just letting all the listeners at home know. Oh yeah. yeah. So I was in my head. That's it. Yes. I'm very much like a, uh, <laughs> I think with Supercoach, I'm very much on the spectrum because I can like visualize. Visual- yeah. It's funny. My team. I don't know if you can do that as well, yeah. but I can dream about like, it too. Yeah. Of course you have yeah. mentioned that, which is next level than the me, but I, I know like not the good. players, prices and I know like working out in terms of trade plans. So yes, I wasn't looking at my phone as I was driving. Do not do that, especially because you can get, can get caught and find a fair, fair amount. So mm. don't be silly. Um, but yeah, just become like us and just memorize all prices. of the players. Yeah, the exactly. players if you're looking at team enough, it probably says like how much time we spend looking at yeah. our teams, like more than anything, which is concerning. Uh, yeah, probably concerning more so for uh, my wife. I haven't seen her for a few days. So <laughs> <laughs> Adjust. Uh, anyway, not as not 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 as well as you did, Damon. I only managed a score of two thousand two hundred and eighty-one, uh, which saw me go down the rankings one point three k. Not too bad to two thousand uh, twenty-three thousand four hundred and forty-one overall. So, in terms of trades this week, I did opt to trade out Fergus Green, Darcy Wilmot, and Mateus Philippou for the Jiggly Jiggly Panacotta. Sorry, I mean Chin Cotter. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the man of steel himself, Jack Steele, and Sam Simpson, eh? Uh, I like I how they've did... all got nicknames. That's, yeah, that's the best. That's my whole team now. My whole team's got nicknames. Yeah. Uh, but when you, you mentioned Jiggle, Panacotta, I just had that song, Wiggle, 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 <laughs> in my head. <laughs> so now every time that I hear Chinkotta, it's going to be <laughs> Jiggle, Jiggle, Jiggle. Uh, Don't mind anyway. I did have a down week. Uh, I was affected by low scores from uh, Sicily, Darcy and Cogs, along with, you know, Dacos and, and the like, and Ashcroft didn't help. Um, 
And much like I've got a, noticed a trend in my team when I do trade in uh, a primo, and they have a downer their first week in my side. And I actually oh. want to go back through this and 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 just sort of show what's uh, what's happened. But still, obviously, and, came into my side, pumped out a ninety-five, down what I'd expect from him in recent weeks, obviously. Um, or down on what I expect from him just in general. And in recent weeks, I've traded in Merritt in round seven, who scored 91. Then last uh, this round, scored 106. Traded in Oliver in round six for an 89 and then went yep. into 134 and 136 and then in the next two rounds. Then traded in Sicily back in round four for a 76. Then went round five, 91, round six, 105, and round seven, 128. Luke Davies, Uniac, round three, traded him in. Was the latest of outs. <sighs> And Jordan Ridley, round two, traded him in off a, I think he scored a hundred and something for, for Stewart after he got injured. And he came into my side for a 70. Oh. So, I mean, the positive is that I know that Steele's going to have a good score this week, hopefully, based yeah. on uh, based true. the recent form. But uh, it just seems like whoever, whoever I pick, the only one that I think has actually worked out is Stewart. And I'm pretty sure it's the only player that we've traded in in the same week. Yeah. So I'm just going to have to just see what who you're trading in and make sure that I uh, trade them in as well. Yeah. So like I offset the uh, the currencies yeah. that we're saying. It's weird. So weird. But yeah, pretty much if, I, if I go for a player, do not go for them because yeah. they're going to have a down week. I was going to say, this is almost like is delivered also as a warning to uh, to people out there. Yeah. Um, Seriously. So pick pick them up the week after that you get them in. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much, that's the key. Pretty that's much. Yeah. Pretty much. But, but let's try, uh, try, and, try and try and go for Dawson maybe, because then turn off the cash I can... to Dawson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can then just maybe some of mine. I can just oh, yeah, see thanks. you as uh, like Oliver. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sitting on the. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I'm just panhandling on the the side of the Supercoach Highway. Uh, but let's have a look at our head-to-head, Damon, and. Uh, Comes as no surprise, you got another win. So it is one win to myself, seven wins to you, and you've extended the point differential, haven't you? I've pushed out a little bit, uh, a little bit, yeah, just a little distance bit, just a little bit from two fifty-eight points differential <laughs> to now four twenty-eight. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. You'll steel. get me. You'll get me one. You'll get me one back uh, later. Oh, I don't so think it with will. Our, with our captains. Uh, oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah, just that's a hollow victory. Um, <laughs> Again, because I shot myself in the foot. Like yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Oh yeah. As long as it makes you feel better, but uh, not really. But no, okay. It's it's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, let's (laughs) let's just forget about uh, the weekend that was, shall we? And let's turn Mm. our attention to the juiciest part of our episode, as always, as we talk all things trades in (gasps) the Price Is Right. Show me the money. Does that make you feel good just to say that? You're gonna do, Derek? Show me the money. For those tuning in for the first time, The Price is Right is the segment where we discuss potential trades and trade targets from week to week or whether a specific player under question should even be traded at all. And Liam, do you want to kick us off with uh, the first in our uh, first category of going, going, gone? Yes, and it probably comes as no surprise. It is Brody Grundy, uh, ruck eligible for Melbourne, obviously, 532K, averaging 98.5 with a break-even of 152. And once again, he played second fiddle in the ruck with Gone, who um, with a 42% versus a 47% split uh, in terms of ruck contests. And his horrid scoring run continued with just 60 points, adding to the 69, 81, and 89 he scored with Gone in the team. Last week, you would have made 70K by downgrading to Gorn. 
This week with his price drop of 43.4K and Gorn's rise of 11K, it's going to be just 20K. Oofed. His uh, break-even last week was 158, and his, this week it's 152. Uh, he was projected to lose uh, of to lose sorry 25k this coming weekend so make it a priority to move him on before he continues his bad scoring and bleeds you even more cash straight swap to gorn for me yep absolutely if you didn't do it last week make sure you do it this week <laughs> yeah, yeah no, um, you gotta do it no two ways about it there um let's move on to the next uh player that uh, you should consider punting and it is fergus green as a forward, he's priced at 267.8K. Uh, he's averaging a 50.5 and a break-even of 106. And he bottomed out last week. And for those that mm-hmm. held him, were left tearing their hair out as he was subbed out in the third quarter on a score of just 17. And I must admit that uh, I was actually going to keep him. And it was between him and Wilmot. And then I figured, I'm like, wait a second, Wilmot's playing first up. I might be able to loop his score. And that was my saving grace. And Lucky. I reversed the trade and traded out Fergus Green. And as a result, uh, I've actually saved myself 17.7K there because mm. that's how much he lost Fergus Green on the weekend. And it's projected to lose over 28K over the next couple of weeks with, of course, that 17 and 28 in his three-round average rotation. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for someone to downgrade to, or sorry, downgrade and cash in, he is someone that uh, you can't look past, that's for sure. Yep, agreed with a break-even of 106. Just... Move him on, move him on. Now, moving on to our next option, and it is at Vacum, Jacob Van Rien, uh, forward eligible. Yeah, (laughs) told you I was tongue-tied. 247.8K, averaging 59.2 with a break-even of 59. So very close to his his average there. And if his high-ish break-even wasn't enough to consider trading him, factoring in that he has now been offered a two-week suspension for a head-high hit on Ballard, He's now a must trade, I think. Obviously, he's they've um, what is it? Challenged it. Um, so watch for that. But I reckon it probably gets downgraded as opposed to cleared. I would expect. Yep. I don't think he goes down yep. to to no weeks. Uh, cash gen has pretty much dried up with that average, pretty much well average above, just above his break even um, by point two. Um, so he's made us. 123.9k he is ripe to cash in move him on yep, yep. he's done his job yep exactly uh he's it'd be nice i guess coverage for the buys but yeah ben brown was uh, knocking down the door in the vfl ah uh, yep yeah if he if he was it ben brown yeah it was ben brown yep um if he misses a week ben brown comes in and kills it it's going to yeah, be hard for him to get his get his spot back yep no totally agreed there uh, cut ties with him there. So let's move on to this next guy. And there's a lot, uh, a lot of us jumped on mm. and uh, rode his cash wave to great success. But now it's just petering out and it's it's pretty much just a little, little tiny little baby wave uh, on the edge of shore there. It is Will Setterfield as a midfielder priced at 408.3K, averaging an 88 with a break even of 109. He scored a 71 on the weekend, but the cash, as I said, that he's uh that he's made continues to fall away with low scores now in his three round rolling average, has been well and truly shunned from the CBAs mm. also, which is pretty alarming. Had zero percent CBAs in the engine room on the weekend for the first time this year with Stringer and the return of Merritt uh soaking up his time 
in the engine room there. Whilst his average may show 88, his five-round average is probably a truer reflection of his form, yeah. which is 75.2 and a three-round average of 66. Um, and yeah, as I said, it gives that uh, true indication of his downturn in form and overall scoring, and thus is a prime candidate to use as a stepping stone before he loses more cash. Yep, agreed. He's been moved more to that wing role, which hasn't historically been good for his scoring. So... Like he's he's losing cash quite quickly. Um, if you've held him this long, um, you're not getting scoring out of him. You're not getting decent scoring, um, and you're also just yeah, I guess burning cash basically. Yeah. Um, move him on. Moving on to the next guy on the list, and it is Luke Davies Uniaki, um, mid eligible, five hundred and sixteen point six k, averaging one hundred and four with a break even of one sixty some sixty one. And things have gone absolutely pear-shaped for LDU, mm. plummeting another 43.6K after he dropped 35.4K the week prior off the back of a 59 on the weekend. He had a season-high 94% CBAs on the weekend, but it did little to help him. Mm. It's a far, far cry from those 143 and 155s he scored to open the season, with his three-round average now concerningly low at just 73.7. It's now likely he'll factor... It's now unlikely, sorry, that he's going to factor into being a top eight scoring mid like we had hoped he would be. Um, I think with that foot, leg, lower leg issues that he's been having, um, I think it's it's time to move him on as well. I think that potentially is... You, when with 90, 94% CBAs, you don't think that's affecting him, but it, it must be in some way because he's just not yeah, not scoring well. Uh, he could lose another 28.3K next round with a projected score of 99. Um, so that's considerably lower than... So that's that's over 20 points higher, 26 points higher, the 25 points higher than his uh, three-round average. So it could be one to cut ties if you can get a genuine keeper um, if trades and money allow. We cut ties uh, ahead of uh, round six, wasn't it? Um Yep. Where oh, sorry, uh, round seven when he was out, and yeah, you know he's he's already lost cash uh, at that stage, but even lost even more like more than that now. Um, but I think you just there comes a time where you need to, even though it's past the point of like correction trades, I think there's there comes a point still where you need to bite the bullet and do it. Um, mm. whether it's a change in role, like you know Cedarfield for example, even though he's not really a keeper, like we saw potentially uh, L- LDU being, but I think. The fact that he's got those issues now uh, with his uh, with his foot could crop up again. That's the other thing as well. Um, and and he only played ninety five minutes on the weekend, where prior to that he was averaging uh, at least one hundred and five uh, minutes. Mm. So he's still being managed somewhat in game, um, even though it was a sloppy game on the weekend against the Saints. Um, yeah, I would probably look use this opportunity and his his price point at the moment to try and jump across to a genuine keeper. Um, let's move on to Jordan Ridley and he is of course a defender priced at 426.5k now averaging a 79 with a break-even of 145 and it was an unfortunate sight for those owners and Essendon supporters alike Liam like yourself that um, you know obviously held Ridley uh, if if you did hold him um, yeah, hoping rough. if you would turn around he's scoring because Rioli Jr he's active thuggery which is uh, what it can be best described as. Saw him subbed out of the game with a concussion, lost another 38.8K as a result, and now has a combined loss of 77.8K to date. And it does mean that he will miss the next round at minimum due to that concussion. 
Uh, however, it's mm. probably a good excuse to cut him free as he has scored above 100 uh, just the once. Um, yes. Um, so, yeah, he's he's not good. He scored the 107 in round one. Um, and now he's just – he's not a season-long keeper. I think we we made that assessment relatively early on, um, luckily, and saved us a bit of heartache and cash being bled. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's just not the same. He's, he's not, the, not in the role that we were hoping him to be. No, definitely not. And I think with Laverde having gone down earlier, he was having to play a lot more of an accountable role. Um, yeah, I can't see. He's going to miss, obviously, this week. Um, with concussion, if you've got him, you can use it as an excuse to get rid of him. It's unfortunate. Also, just totally not on topic, I guess, for on topic, but not super coach. Some of the commentary from reporters on this, I think is really, really interesting because there were so many times um, where they were talking about it and they're like, oh, it, it's only a concussion. And I'm like, that's not like, I don't know. It's just such a such a weird conversation considering what we know about concussion now, yeah. just to, to, to be com- talking about it like that. I know that it was sometimes in light of, oh, it's not a broken jaw, it's only concussion, but it's like, it's not only a concussion, like yeah. concussion's not good. Exactly. Yeah, uh, people just, kind of uh, lose, lose sight of like yeah. what's happened to McCartan and stuff. Like it is mm. a pretty serious injury. Yeah. So yeah, I think just do better football media. Yep. Do better. I like it. Uh, put, them on, put them on the chopping. Yeah, board. onto the onto the <laughs> onto the the bad, the ugly. Uh, okay. Let's move on to on the chopping block, as you said, Damon, and we're going to kick off with uh, the Saints uh, rookie, I guess, or early early uh, early draft pick in Mateus Filippu, who we both axed on the weekend uh mid forward eligible 238.9k with an average of 53.6 and a break even of 59 now we did speak about moving him on last week and damon and i both did that and despite him putting in a half decent score by his standards with 56 he lost 12.3k surprisingly though if he can average at least 49 over the next couple of weeks his cash generation will kickstart very slowly but Kickstart nonetheless, with his break even hovering around forty odd mark. Uh, given this, he is one that you could hold if you desperately needed bench cover, and had other cash cows to cash in, like a Van Ruyen or a Green, um, or even an Owen David Junior. Damon, mm, I like that nice segue, and that's mm. the uh, the next option. Up uh, on this production line that is on the chopping block, uh, Willie Dodge it. Oh, we'll have to find out uh, if you own him. Uh, he's a mid forward. He's priced at 212K, averaging a 48 with a break even of 45. And he went up just $100. Yep, $100 after a score of 31 on the weekend. I don't think I've seen a player appreciate that little in price. Yeah. Amazing. Did he make he must have just made his break? He must break he must have been 31. Yeah. It must have been, yeah. Or like 30 or something. Yeah. Classic. Uh surprisingly though, his uh break even could drop if he can maintain his current average of 48. Mm. So isn't an immediate sell <laughs> if you have other options uh and cash cows to to trade in that have that have fattened up. Um, and and if you're need in need of cover as well, heading heading into the buys, he could be crucial. Um so mm. Yeah, maybe look to hold him if he does provide a little bit of cover for you across the buys. But if not, could be one to trade him because he has made 94.7K to date. Um, however, mm. if you're in need of funds, as I said, with no other option, 
he is fine to cash in. Yeah, I'd be watching team sheets. I'm not sold that he not that he doesn't hold his spot, but just that he they send him back to the twos to get some form. Yep. Um so yeah, I'd be watching team sheets. I'm not entirely sure he'll be great coverage until the buys and through the buys either. Um wouldn't be surprised if he yeah misses a couple of games in there. Yep. Uh let's move on to Connor McKenna, defender. 306.7K, averaging 67.8 with a break-even of 57. And uh, with Rich and Zorko, how did Lions team through injury? I was licking my lips. I thought it would be clear. It's either way for the Irishman to uh, put in a decent showing, but it was anything but with a putrid 46. Thankfully, the 70 from the week prior remains uh, in his in his three-round average, uh, which means his break-even isn't too high. But his errant scoring highlights why he can no longer be trusted as a starter on field. He's one to think about cashing in and using as a stepping stone to a genuine keeper, though, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to say this and I'm going to get hurt again, but I feel like he could hold him another week just because mm. Zorko and Rich are out and maybe it was just a, an off game um, from McKenna. Yep, that I agree. But I, if you're going to get him, if you're going to get him up to a um, a genuine primo, I'd be doing that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah, you're right though. Like his break even is, you know, ten points less than his average. Mm. So um he could easily make that. And who knows? He could could have a nice game and as you say, uh have a, he had a bit of an off game of the weekend. Yeah. Kickstart his actually. Let me gen. take a look at the defense against position. Ah, yes, this could be a little bit of a gem. Let's have a maybe. look. They give away the second most points. Ooh. So it could be in for a that being said, Carlton give away the third most points to wing yep. defenders. So <laughs> it would mean absolutely nothing. Yep, exactly. Oh. But yeah, end of the day, if you want to hold him, uh and, and as well, like we'll say it again, if it does help your buy structure, mm. uh you can oh, potentially yeah. hold him as well. Um he's not the number one on the list, I wouldn't say. No, no, mm. no, no way. Um, likewise, this next guy, Lockie Cowan, uh defender. Priced at 204.8, averaging a 44.7 with a break-even of 39 and hasn't played since being rested heading into round seven with the promising performances of Chincotta, uh, jiggle, jiggle, uh, keeping him out of the team. Not a must-trade by any means, as he will, of course, not uh, not lose us any more cash with him not playing if he doesn't come back to the side. So you can probably afford to wait, but if you do need to cash in a rookie in order to make bank, Cowan is one such option. I agree. Uh, moving on to Will Ashcroft, mid-eligible, 373.2K, averaging 75.4 with a break-even of 71. And the highly touted youngster put in an absolute stinker against the Blues with a score of just 37, unfortunately, which has meant his cash generation has come to a halt. However, it isn't all doom and gloom. Uh, that's what I like to see. I like to see some silver linings there. Um, as he can easily kickstart his cash gen if he can reach his average of 75 over the next couple of games. He's in a must trade by any means considering his scores of uh, 105, 80, 75, 72, 76, and 103 over his previous six prior to the weekend. And he's round 12 by, so will come in handy across rounds 13, 14, and 15 if you're already running short of the required 18 across those bye weeks. But if you do want to trade him in now, he's already made us 170.4K, so he's a very nice stepping stone to a primo. Yep, I like it. Um, yeah, it's, it kind of depends where you're at in terms of mm. your 
development of your team. Like with me, for example, I can use him as a stepping stone to Jordan Dawson. So uh, if I wasn't able to grab someone of his caliber, I would probably persist with keeping him um, because he would help across the buys. Like I think Wilmot, him, um, like McKenna as well, like Brizzy players, which a lot of people have like at least, you know, one, two, if not all of those guys uh, can help out across the buys. So I am personally keeping hold of Wilmot of those three and trading in the other two. So, or I have traded in McKenna. Uh, so keep that in mind um, because there has been someone that's, uh, there's been a few people, but uh, especially coming out of my team talk. Um, no, it was the, uh, the team sheet announcements on Thursday in the live chat. Someone was like, mm. can you go into date detail about the buyers? Like no one's doing it. No other content creators are doing it. It's like, well, there's only so much you can say, like we can just mm. deliver a rem- reminder about buys and stuff um, and just look at it in terms of when you're trading guys into your team and who you're trading out of your team and see how it always cross check with how it works in with your buys. Just to speak to that slightly. It's so team dependent. Like we can't talk to a, a particular player mm. um, in terms of buys. Like we can talk about strategy around buys, but you can't really talk to it on, Oh, don't trade in you know, player X because he's got the round 12, but it doesn't matter. Like yeah. if you can cover the round 12 by then trade him in. If you can't, then don't, but it's, it's such an individual team thing that, yeah, yeah. just, I guess to add to that. Yeah. It's not a one size fits all um, no. type thing. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, let's move on to the next category of get them in. And there's a few juicy prospects here. And first up, we have Jack Steele, uh, obviously midfielder mm-hmm. priced at 524.1K, averaging a 92.2 with a break-even of 75. And if you're going to get on him, get on him now because it's the week after Liam got him. Um, so he's due for an absolute exactly. blinder. Um, but on the weekend, in terms of his score, uh, we're going to blame Ross Lyon's game plan here, combined with that of the Ruse game plan as well. They were virtually, I reckon both teams are like parking the bus, like in, you know, a soccer sense or football traditional mm. sense they were literally just sitting in their defensive half like yep no worries we'll just allow their defense to just chip it around um and we'll just we'll just sit back and just wait for you to bomb it in putrid putrid game um and we would like to see as well i don't know if anyone has seen any stats but in terms of the number of stoppages i'd like to see the number of stoppages that were on the weekend because i don't reckon there were many there were so many marks on the weekend um just free-flowing it's mm. uh, amazing which probably would lend into the fact that if there's less stoppages there's less chance of guys like Steele um, mm. and the like performing well. And I think Crouch and and Co as well, like on the whole, didn't perform well. So it wasn't just isolated to Jack Steele. So I keep that in mind as well. Um, but yeah, it was disappointing. I mean, nonetheless, that uh, going into the weekend, Steele did average a 113 against the Ruse, only scored the 95, of course. But despite that score, in context, it wasn't that bad considering he had the lowest time on ground of any of his games with just 86% which is even lower than his injury game. Um, and his points per minute was a pleasing 1.1, which for context, comparing it with someone like a Dawson, he's got a 1.2. So uh, yeah. if he was to play more game time, his score obviously would have been a little bit more favorable, maybe up towards that 110, 115 mark. And we probably wouldn't even be uh, critiquing him. But yeah. pleasingly, must say, he also had the most CBAs with 81% compared to the next best in Sinclair and Crouch, who had 63% apiece. So the role is definitely still there. So no concerns over that. And his ownership grew from 1.5 to 6%. So is still a relative pod and mm-hmm. comes in 13.1K cheaper than last week. But 
a break even of 75 means the time to get him in is now if you can, because uh, this might be the cheapest we see him all season. Yeah, get him in. Get him in the week after I get him in. Um, <laughs> so you could. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was cursing him, but a score of 95 in the end wasn't too bad considering uh, I think he was, I don't even know, it's pretty low early on. And just, just, uh, just to look yeah. at that as well, like as I was touching on in terms of yeah, his, Crouch ninety four, uh, yeah, Crouch ninety four, um, Sinclair ninety nine, yeah, Sinclair like, ninety nine. There wasn't anyone else that really. And came. I guess in context of that, Mark Wilkie back up at one twenty three. Yeah, I mean Zebul being an absolute seagull as well, one seventy nine. Yeah, Stocker sixteen marks. Yeah, um, one hundred three. Wanganeen, Millera, 11 marks, 97. So it mm. was just a piggish game from all defenders on both sides, uh, as you say. So Yeah, Sheasel, Zeeble, McDonald, uh, all above 97. Core, 79. Yeah. Yeah, interesting, Great. interesting, interesting. Let's move on to the next guy. Not a defender, Ruckman. Max Gorn, 512.8K, averaging 89.6 with a break-even of 108. And he absolutely lived up to expectations. As we highlighted in last week's ep, eclipsing that 124.2 average he holds against the Suns with a score of 130. He went up 11K and faces the Hawks this week. We averages a whopping 140.4 against across nine games with scores of 172, 95, and 172 in his last three encounters. But keep in mind, defense against position, going to come back to it. Uh, the Hawthorne give away the least Please. points to opposition ruck. Mm. Um, who did they play on the weekend? Rio and Darcy. And Darcy. Exactly. Mm, not good. No. Not good. Um, and I think, wasn't it, um, English lost his ton run to the Hawks as well. Yes. So, yeah, keep that in mind. I mean, I mean, if he brings them down from 172 to 130, you'd be, be laughing. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, keep in mind, obviously, that Gorn's average includes that zero. So that 89.6 um, average includes a zero from his injury-affected game. So when we take that into consideration, his scores read 140, 98, 80, and 130 for, I guess, a true average of 112, which highlights how extremely underpriced he actually is. So if you have Grundy, get him in. Get him mm. in. Absolutely. That's uh, that's a, taking out that uh, that zero, that's a yeah, average there's of no 23, 23 points difference, like in terms of the true average compared to his, you know, I guess the average that includes that, uh, that zero. Yeah. So it shows the... I'd like to see what his true price actually should be uh, if yeah. we take out the zero. But yeah, it'd be um, it'd be up there. It'd be uh, it's, pushing at least six hundred k. Like it's mm. incredible. It's also interesting seeing like he might like from a if you're playing for league, he might hurt you a little bit because there's a bit of variability in that scoring one forty ninety eight eighty one thirty. But if you're playing for overall, like it averages out to one twelve, it's great. Um, so maybe something to keep in mind if you are playing for leagues, you may want to look for someone that's more less variability in your scoring. Um, obviously affected by Grundy as well in that team, you'd expect. Yep, no, for sure. I mean, that uh round 12 can't come quick enough if he gets forward eligibility, um, because mm. it'd be super juicy. I've seen some people trading out Marshall to Gorn and like banking 70k or thereabouts. Don't know about that. Um, yeah, I'm not so, sold. Uh, 
Not Don't told on that. Um, let's move on to the next guy, and it is Noah's Ark, a.k.a. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson, welcome back. We missed which uh, that's uh, Agent Smith from, if you didn't get that from uh, from the Matrix. You know, he's uh, sitting down at the table. Mr. Anderson, we've been watching you. And it's, uh, I forget the actor's name, but he is an Aussie. And uh, uh, Hugo Weaving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, classic. One of his best roles ever. Uh, apart from uh, The Dressmaker he was in. Uh, yes. The was he also? Was he in, um, was he was the Red Scar? Yes, he was. Yes. Mm. I've, got, I've just gone through you go through like all of the... I've actually I've named the two roles we play as like a gay character, which is like in Priscilla. And uh, yeah, he's, in Pris- yeah. he's in Priscilla. I think he's in Priscilla. Or am I thinking of I know Guy Pierce is. I'm pretty sure he is. And then I'm thinking of this has gone into movie chat now, but um the dressmaker, he plays a um police officer. Yeah, he is in Priscilla. I just looked at him. Yeah. Oh, there you go. See. Yeah, you nailed it there. I, I haven't lost my movie magic, my uh, no. movie buff. Even though I haven't actually seen Priscilla, I know he's in it. <laughs> uh, and, and Mr. Anderson, of course, is uh, a.k.a. Neo, uh, Keanu Reeves. Um, he is a midfielder. He's priced at 605K, averaging a 115 with a break even of nine. Ooh. So the rise of Mr. Anderson, sorry, I'm going to say this every single time for the past five weeks, has been incredible with scores of 134, 109, 89, 144, and a whopping 189. But take note, the absence of Took Miller, the running man, may be having a favorable impact on him with his 144 and 189 scored without the running man in the team. So could this see his score regress once he returns to the side? But either way, he currently sits as the fifth highest scoring midfielder and faces a struggling West Coast this weekend. So a, a juicy prospect to bring in potentially. The only thing, when did Took Miller go down? A couple of weeks ago. So the 134 and 109 were before Took, were with Took, weren't they? Uh, yes, they, they were with him, yeah. So he yeah, went down so... round, round six when he had the downer at uh, of 89. Yeah, okay, so interesting. So it's not necessarily – and I don't think it's as big an issue. I mean, obviously he's not going to score – I mean, obviously 144 and 189 seems to correlate the fact that Took was not there. But it doesn't seem like his scoring's that bad in recent weeks, even when he has been in the team. So I don't mind it. If he's the currently the fifth highest scoring mid, um, get him in now, bank those points before Miller comes back and then ride out a couple of I mean, if he if he averages between 134 and 89, what's that? 110. Like I'd be happy with that. Yep. Anyway, let's move on to Jack Sinclair, defensive eligible, 544.1K, averaging 101.1 with a break-even of 100. And I can't believe Sinks is still popping up as such a value selection. He is the seventh highest scoring defender and has a break-even teetering around his average for the past three weeks. Scored 99 against the Roos and faces the Crows, who he has scores of 76, 126, and 138 against uh, in his last three. So if you are in need of a keeper to, to shore up the defense, look no further. He is a great price. Yep. I like it. Uh, even though he's, he hasn't hit the, uh, the ceiling scores that no. we've liked, uh, especially last year, he's been consistent um, as you mentioned there and highlight there. So uh, he is a very nice option. Uh, let's move on to another good option, and it is, or potentially, it is Andrew Brayshaw as a midfielder, priced at 531.3, averaging a 98.4, uh, 
uh, with a break-even of 54. So he scored 149 on the weekend against the Hawks and sees his break-even slide down to 54. Has lost 84.3K overall. And off the back of that, looks to be a bargain. And Longmuir has said publicly a few weeks back that Brayshaw was dealing with a fitness issue. He didn't delve into what it was. So this may be an indication that uh, potentially he's back to full fitness Mm. off the back of the weekend. However, prior to the big score on the weekend, keep in mind, he's only scored 100 plus in two out of the previous seven games. So has he really arrested his form slump? I think a lot of people, there's a lot of what we call recency bias uh, in in a number sense Mm. when it comes to super coach. A lot of people see, oh yeah, he's posted a massive score and they just completely ignore the rest of the games and what he's averaged in those games. So I don't think we're out of the woods just yet. Um, but I mean, it, it is, you got to look at his break even as well. And it is obviously low. So if he does score well, again, you could potentially have to pay up for him if you opt to wait. So, I mean, that's kind of what you're weighing up. But for me, as a speaking as a previous owner from last year, uh, I had a, a fair bit of up and down. He was a roller coaster, um, Andy Brayshaw. So, I'm keen to wait. And I think the uh, the progression of Sarong has, has almost eaten into mm. a bit of his game um, and stolen a little bit of the points that he had almost mm. a stranglehold on last year. He was virtually the only, I mean, him and uh, what's his name, who crossed over from, I forget his name already because he's not uh, playing. Brody. Brody, Will Brody. Um, apart from him, he just had bolts, uh, bulk points galore. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm a bit unsure about Brayshaw, but I can see the appeal. I I agree. I agree. I mean, 149 against the Hawks, they give away the fourth most points, I think, to to mids. And then outside of that, 98, 89, 77, 114, 84 against West Coast, 106 and 70. Like, I think it's like you said, it's kind of that recency bias, one big score, mm. nothing else really. I personally probably want to avoid him. Um but I don't know. I've just, I've never had him in my side. I've never really wanted to pick him. I don't know why, um, but yeah. So one to consider heard there. Me. Heard yeah. me uh, rubbing on about it last year. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's just, I don't know. It is breaking when he's 54. I mean, take the risk if you want, take the risk. Mm. Um, I hope it pays off. Uh, moving on to another midfielder, Clary Oliver. Sweaty pink, sweaty pig, 652K, averaging 126 with a break-even of 99. And now if you did wait a week on the pink sweaty pig, you've just saved yourself $500, not much. But you missed out on his second highest score of the season in that 136 points. Does mean his break-even now sits at 99 and indicates this is well and truly the last chance to jump on the back of this pink sweaty pig for a piggyback ride to run him out into the sunset as you sip on some juicy pig juice. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say pina coladas or something, but no, yeah, yeah. No, no. Well, why would you want a pina colada? You're just going to just get some pig juice, just squeeze him out. <laughs> In fact, just, just sink your teeth straight into his mind. Oh yeah. And then just, just... suck out the, uh, the pig juice as, uh, as um, Jonas goat mentioned on, uh, in the comments on YouTube. He's like, Damo uh, sucks the pig juice direct from the hiney. <laughs> I was like, very good. Straight from the hiney. Oh. And, oh, boy, it was worth it. Or oh, sticking in a... Sh- no. Nah. Yeah, like a straw? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say a straw, but then where would you... Yeah, no. Hey, okay, yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. On to the bubble. Damon, yes. kick us off with some rookies? 
Yes, there are a couple of rookies here. We're getting Ooh, quite okay. uh, quite dry here. A bit uh, in a bit of a bit of uh, pig juice to uh, wet the whistle, <laughs> as they say. Uh, but let's kick it off with uh, going from a, a pig to a rat, uh, as they call him. And he looks a bit like a rat, I must say. Apologies, Rory, but uh, you do. Rory Atkins, uh, he is a defensive midfielder. Look at him. He's, he's interesting. He looks I'm just like looking him up. I've... Yeah, he looks like a bit of a thumb Jesus, as well. It is not a good, <laughs> good day to be Rory Atkins on this podcast. No, apologies, mate. Bless, uh, he bless. is a defensive midfielder. Uh, he's priced at 203.9K. Averaging a 78.5, and his break-even is a negative 42. So the former Crow has been anything but a reliable commodity for the Suns since crossing over, playing just 17 games across his two seasons since Ooh. arriving. However, with scores of 89 and 68 on the weekend since breaking into the Suns lineup, he now presents us with a unique cash cow option with a low break-even, albeit at a higher price point. If you can maintain an average of around 64 over the next four weeks, he could make 100K heading into his buy round uh, in round 13. Will be available for the crucial round 14 and 15 buys where most of us will be hardest hit. So it comes with that added bonus. Mm-hmm. But as above, his job security to date has been super shaky. So it's something to consider long and hard as that is the biggest risk risk here, given we're expected to fork out more cash compared to a standard rookie price cash cow. And mm. I mentioned to you as well, um, I think it was Liam, did I mention to you? Or maybe it was just in my head. Um, <laughs> but in terms of, it could have been that, but in terms of historically, he hasn't scored well. Yes, I um, did mention this, yeah. Yeah, whilst he was at the Crows. I think maybe his highest average is around about 70 odd, which I think, you know, with as I mentioned there, with what he's expected, if he if he can score around about sixty four, that's all we need to make a hundred k over the next month. But who's to say one of those scores could be a shit one, and it's really going to plummet his. It's going to make his break even rise, mm. and his cash gen is going to plummet. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I was in the camp of a yes, yeah. but now I think I am very much stuff out of it. Yeah, I've talked myself out of it and I prefer to go for a jury because I feel his job security being as a youngster in North's lineup, there's more potential of him playing games and being blooded compared to Rory Atkins. I think he came in off the back of, who went out? Was it Waller? It might've been. Waller went out. No, Waller went out last, just on he's the take, weekend. He's taken someone's spot and I can't recall who it is. Yeah. yeah I can't recall who it was, but. I'll um, have a look back. Yep. But he's taken someone's spot as well. It was kind of like coincided with the player going out. And it does make me fearful that, again, this is kind of like another Corey Wagner type scenario where he's warming the seat of a regular 22, best 22 player and could be out of the side. So I don't know. Just he hasn't been in Jews' good books for, you know, God knows how many seasons, like two seasons now that he's been there. What's what's changed? Like why now? Why didn't he start in round in round one in the starting twenty two? So I have my doubts. I have my doubts. But I mean, having said that, he could make a hundred k over the next four weeks, which could be tasty. But by the same token, you still need someone. It's all well and good to make cash, but heading into the buys, we need these guys playing as well off the bench. Agreed. So I can't guarantee that's going to happen. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Not one that. I'm probably considering I might think about it, but I think I'd rather, like you said, go to a bleak jewelry. Um, gonna get you a lot more cash, hundred extra K basically. 
Um, yeah, that's just in, the, well, in like... the initial trade out. Like that's a lot more handy. It does go against the the rule of don't trade in rookies early, but sometimes yeah. you got to do it. Yeah, he's already people are going early as well. Like he's in the most. I think he's the most traded in player. Yeah. Um, at the moment, and he's already in fifteen percent of teams. So, yeah, he um, that's a jury that is, and yeah, he's uh, I mean, you look at his projections, and they've only got him Supercoach Plus, got him scoring at twenty five. But if he can score a fifty one, like if he scores, if he can average a sixty four, he's gonna what go up double compared to Atkins. Yeah. Because he's half the price. So. Uh, yeah, I think there's greater likelihood of him making more cash and staying in the team. Like that's just yeah, no, definitely. Let's move on to the other cash cow that we can uh, chat about, and it is Josh Weddle, defender uh, from uh, from Hawthorne, one thirty point eight k, averaging forty six with a break even of minus eighteen. Weddle sounds like a like a Pokemon. Yes. Uh, yeah, Weddle. I don't know if it is, is it? but I think Weddle. it is Weddle. Weedle, I think it is. Weedle, Weedle. it's it Weedle. Yeah, Weedle. Weedle, Close. it's like the little worm thing with a spike yeah, in the yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, with a spike at the back, yeah. And then he turns into Kakuna, uh, Caterpie, Beedrill, and Butterfree. Yeah. There you go. This is the stages. That's his final form. So what is Weedle's his final form? What's we- what's Weddle's final form, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you ponder that while I, uh, while I go to talk about him a little bit more. Uh, he has project scored uh, 38 out of 54 in his uh, first two games uh, since breaking into the Hawks team. He's projected to rise 23.2K this week if he can score a 33, but does face a tough assignment against the Ds. His job security is probably still up in the air, but we all know with the Hawks, they are in a rebuild phase and Sam Mitchell should you'd expect to be giving ample opportunity to the younger players as much as possible to see what they're, what they're made of. Now, Damon, I've got a, what, what, what is his final form? Uh, sorry, I, I, I stuffed that up. So it, it actually goes from uh, Weddle to Kakuna, then to Beedrill. Oh, yes. So, or Beedrill, Beedrill. I don't know how you say it, but yeah, he's pretty much becomes a wasp with like drill bits as, as arms. Um, so I reckon that that's pretty much his final form. Uh, but his final form, I think, will be uh, maybe a cash cow that will make us some money. Yeah. But it's going to be slow going, I think, um, just with the role that he's in. I don't know. What do you think? You reckon he can? Yeah. Like, I reckon that 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 must mean that he'll he'll his final form is probably a cocooner, and he won't get out of his cocoon and become mm. a genuine. I'm a bit worried. It's it's like anyone that starts this late in the season, like they're not first choice. Mm. I know there because. They might have shown form in the VFL or they might have been injured, but I mean, he was in talks for a round one. Yeah. I mean, we all thought he was going to debut round one. Um, so yeah, a slight concern on job security, but I think if you're going to, if, you, if you're going to have a team that's going to um, not drop the rookies, it is probably a Hawthorne um, or a North Melbourne where they, yeah, where they need to blood those young players. Um, let's move on to the weight category. And these are the rookies that are on the horizon. Um, and Damon, do you want to kick off? Yeah, normally we just name these guys, but uh, we'll go into a little bit more detail uh, slightly with, uh, as we've spoken to him already about him, uh, Blake Drury, um, midfielder forward, and his price, bottom price at 102.4K, mm-hmm. scored a 51 on the weekend and looked pretty good for a first game. I had a ping at goal as well. Um, fiery little redhead as well. He reminds me of a bit of a, almost like a, a Gary Moorcroft. Ah uh, yes, yes, yes. Type player. 
Uh, and he actually, I thought he was going to be like just stationed up forward as a small forward. No, he actually pushed up the ground and then ran back as well. So looked pretty good. Uh, almost mm. was a bit of a wingman. So uh, it could potentially rack up the pill uh, yes. at will. Uh, Poet didn't know it. And one to watch, I think, if he can hold his spot. And you'd think he does because, yeah, as I said, he looked pretty good. And yeah, like you mentioned as well, Hawthorne North, they've got to blood these youngsters. Um, and I think North are kind of off the back of winning their first two games. I think Clarkson's realized now, okay, I probably should be playing more of the younger guys because um, he ended up recruiting, what, Liam Scheel um, no. from the Hawks yeah. and a few others that he's been playing, Greenwood and the like. But now, yeah, he's got the um, youngsters playing in and amongst it. Uh, and also, those... yeah, I oh, guess sorry. they've got an older, they've been quite old in their age demographic in terms of teams yeah. as well. I mean, obviously it's probably dragged up by the likes of, Goldstein and and the like, but yeah. still, um, you'd probably want to be making sure those youngsters are getting 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 a go, considering where they're where they're at. Yep, absolutely, very good point. Amongst those others to keep an eye on ahead of next week, which uh, we will potentially touch on if they can eke out a second game, and it is Tom Berry, Harry Sharp, Oliver Dempsey, and Dan Turner. So, Liam, now I think it's time, isn't it, for the next segment, which uh, I've only been a captain of once and i'll let you say it because this week you are i am the captain now Arr. look at me i'm the captain now <laughs> just threw the random hour in as well I like that wait do that again it didn't come through Oh, it's not coming through the, the podcast, Mike, for oh, some reason. no. I reckon it's too high-pitched. I reckon it, it's, <laughs> it's like a background noise. Maybe if you do it closer to the mic. Toot, toot. There we go. That's worked there that time. Go. See, the people watching us on YouTube will be like, I can see him doing the motion. I know what the sound is. But those listening to the podcast, they'll just be dead air. And they're like, what the yeah. hell's going on? <laughs> so we're just, just doing it for like, you. Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, just keep going. But yeah, uh, we're doing it for you, the good people of uh, the listeners, the listenership. Um, so ho hopefully you're appreciative of the uh, the Steamboat Willie impersonation ooh. there, by the way. Steamboat Willie. Back, back again. Yeah. Uh, let's move. Uh, let's jump into it. I'm the, you know, I'm the captain now. We chat about what VC and C options uh, we've got the upcoming round of the, of Supercoach. And as always, we've scrounged through the data and we found some some juicy options for you to consider. And let's kick off with some vice-captaincy options. Uh, on Friday night, double header, 720 MCG. Well, not really a double header because they're at different grounds, but two games on the Friday night. 720, and I'm pretty sure they overlap as well. So no way a double header. Uh, 720 MCG, Richmond uh, up against Geelong we got Tommy Stewart. He has an average of 124.5 in his last four against the the Tigers with scores of 161, 62, 118, and 127 in his past four. And mm. Richmond also give away the most points to general defenders. So mm -hmm. a nice little Friday night VC for you. I like it. He is a definite option. Interesting mm. as well. I don't know why have they gone with two Friday night games. Because of Mother's Day. Ah, okay. I think okay, they're trying to reduce sense. the number of Saturday games, yeah. Ah, gotcha. Mother's Day, that's right. Jeez, better get a gift. <laughs> There's a warning for all of, all of you out there listening. Yeah, get your mother a gift. Uh, don't forget. Uh, so, yes, West Coast uh, Eagles up against the Suns on Friday uh, at 8.40 at Optus Stadium. And first up, we have Noah Anderson, Mr. Anderson. He has an average of 85.25 in his last four games against the Eagles. 
with scores of 106, 105, 55, and 75. And yeah, as you can see, there hasn't been the rosiest, but West Coast give away the second most points to inside midfielders and uh, holds a three-round average of 140.7, does Mr. Anderson. So mm. he is someone to consider. Um, so he's already enough of a pot as he is, but as a VC pot. VC pod, that'd be huge. Well, that'd be good. It'd be very, very huge. Uh, in that same game, let's move on. We've got Jared Witts. He has an average of just 92 in his last four against the Eagles with scores of 131, 85, 75, and 77. Um, and just on top of that, West Coast give away the most points to opposition Ruckman because they're pretty much going up against, is it Bailey Williams? Is that their Ruckman? Yeah, that's his name. Yep. Yeah, bless. Bless his soul. Imitates oh, Ruckman. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Jared Witts could be in for a big one. Um, obviously scored that 131 last season, so has has a bit of a backing there in that he can score big. Yep. Up against the inanimate carbon rod. Mm. Uh, although to his credit, he's actually been going well uh, compared to the previous season where he played a couple of games and looked putrid. So he's up mm. this game, but yeah, still conceding a lot of points to opposition Ruckman. Uh, let's move on to the next game, and it is the Hawks up against the D's on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. at ZG. Mm. And there's a couple of juicy options here. First and foremost, we have the pink sweaty pig himself. Uh, just snout and trough action, and we could get that yet again. Has an average of 123.5 in his last four games against the Hawks with scores of 119, 115, 139, and 121 in his past four. And the Hawks give away the fourth most points to inside mid, so... Yeah, he could be gorging himself on mm, points. Get some pig juice in you. Uh, Christian Petrarca has <laughs> an average of 131 in his last four against the Hawks with scores of 131, 108, 125, and 160 in his last four. That's some good scores there. Mm. Hawthorne also, as we said, give away the fourth most points inside mids. So if you've got Petrarca, not a bad VC option. Yeah. A bit so, of a late VC as well on Saturday at 4.35. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's interesting. But I like them. Both good options. Uh, let's move on to the captaincy options. Uh, and we have here, obviously, these are the uh, later games. So we've got Lions up against uh, Your Mob in Zidons on Saturday at 7.25 p.m. at ZG. And Lockie Neal, he has an average of, believe it or not, 150.25 in his last four games against the Dons with scores of 89, 198, and two scores of 157. Ah, very nice. Those last three, geez, you'd be going, you'd be licking your lips at that. And he actually holds his best average against the Dons out of all opposition teams with a 123.8 average from his 13 encounters. So it, it extends beyond just those four games there. So very nice. But remember, he was tagged the last time they played by uh, Caldwell, wasn't it? Mm. And to great effect for a score of 89. And Setters has taken that tagging role in weeks gone by. So one to consider. I mean, we can only just remember that he did a bit of a number on Clary himself before uh, the pig was let off the leash and just went oink, oink, oinking around the park mm. and just oinked his way to a nice, respectable score. But uh, it's meant to be a wet night, this one. So it could be some good snout in trough action for Neil, uh, imitating a pig. And this next guy on the list, Lamb. Mm, Josh Dunkley. He's got a nice average against the Dons as well. Uh, 114.75 in his last four. 
made up of scores of 139, 75, 153, and 92. And he's hit a big score on the weekend as well. So could back it up against the Dons in the wet. Yeah, I think it's about a 32% chance of rain Mm. at uh, 8 o'clock at night. So right on game time. Jeez, you just uh, got a direct um, direct line to Jane Jane Bunn. Yeah. Yeah, she's letting me know. Mm. Well. She didn't go. tell me about this game. It's just this one. Oh, just that one. Yeah. Is she? Uh, is she Don's fan? Yes. Maybe. No, she just. Uh, she makes me pay for the others, and I just said, "Can I? Oh. Can I pay her for one?" Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm paying for the rest. Otherwise, <laughs> you just threaten her and say, "I'll go to Lavinia Nixon." Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or Tom Brown. Get get the weather off him. Tom Brown. <laughs> Be just as accurate. Tom Brown. Uh, let's move on to Zach Merritt, and he has an average of 120.25 against the Lions, Lions in his last four games with scores of 117, 147, a 130, and an 87, and has his best average against the Lions of any side with an average of 114.8 from 11 encounters. So, mm. very nice. Yes. Moving on to Saturday night, 7.30, same same game, same time, sorry. But at Marvel Stadium, it's Carlton, your mob, up against the Western Bulldogs. And first of all, we've got Marcus Pontempelli. He averages 120 in his last four against the Blues with scores of 105, 155, 116, and 104. And believe it or not, he scored a ton in every one of his past eight games against them with extended scores of 112, 145, 124, and 120, giving him an average of 122.6 across this stretch. I really like the <laughs> emphasis on the one. It's not 226. Could have been. Well, it's not. It's not, it's not yeah. enough. It should be 226. I won't put a past him. He could actually do that against my mob, who were absolutely putrid of the weekend. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's got a sizable... Uh, like Zachary Merritt against the Lions, he's got a sizable um, history mm. against my mob. So factor him in highly. Uh, move on. We're moving on to uh, Tim English, and he averages a 106 in his last four games against Carlton with scores of 99, 105, 99, and a 121. He started his run of scores of 120 once again on the weekend, having eclipsed 130 points per round in every game bar one prior to that. So. He's um he's looked pretty good. I mean, probably that's the main reason why we're listing him here. Um because yeah, he could go bananas again. Yes, yes, very true. And just a bit of a cheeky option if you do have one of these two in Sard or Doc. The the Western Bulldogs give away the most points to designated kick in takers. So I mean, if you want to go for a late VC on a Saturday night, if you've got, you know, uh Madden. For GWS on Sunday at four forty, you could you could go very late with your VC um, if you want to play a bit of a risky game there. Um, but yeah, just a just a bit of a throwaway comment, I guess. Yeah, no, don't mind it. Don't mind it. Left field, out of the box thinking for those potter lovers out there. Uh, but let's uh, move on to Adelaide against the Saints on Sunday at one ten p.m. at Adelaide Oval. And first up, we have Rory Laird, and he has an average of 113 in his last four games against the Saints with scores of 105, 132, a 91, and a 124. Has been out of mm. form of sorts. Um, you know, obviously, he was dealing with a niggle um, a couple of weeks back, played on the weekend as well, but was down on form, only punched out of 102. So it's probably a matter of time before he punches out his usual big scores. Um, so if you're banking on that, 
his number is going to come up again soon. So yeah, who knows? <laughs> yes. Yep. Very true. And one for you, Damon, Jordan Dawson coming into your side. He's got an average of 95 in his last four games against the Saints with scores of 139, 89, 85, 67. But we know that he can score big with four of his last five scores, 120 plus. Uh, I'm, I'm sad there was only the one <laughs> 139. <Yeah. laughs> there was only the, the one three-figure score there. But um, oh. yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, he's, he's one, to, one to think about because he has gone bananas. Mm. And I was looking at him today, obviously, not whilst I was driving. It was afterwards, after I did these numbers and figures in my head. Because I was like, I wonder what he's actually um, averaging overall in terms of his points. So his season ranking, he's first overall in defense. And he's third also in the midfield, uh, being obviously a, a DPP player. So that's how high he's scoring. Mm. Incredible. So off the chain, uh, back in the midfield, taking kick-ins as well. So he just does it all. Uh, let's round it out by uh, delving into the last game. It is uh, Collingwood up against the Giants on Sunday at 4.40 p.m. at the G. And it is none other than Nicky Dacos. Has only played the Giants, though, only once for a score of 93. But we know he can score big when playing without the tag, but his most recent games with the tag have shown he's susceptible with his lower scores of 72 and 81. So... Does it continue? Potentially. There are a few mm-hmm. options there for the Giants to use as a bit of a tag. Perryman, Ash, maybe another one. Um, so, yeah, look out for that. But GWS give away the second least points also to wing defenders. So there's a couple of things going against him there. Could make him a pod. And being in the last game of the round, Liam, mm-hmm. fraught with danger. Don't know why, but it is. <laughs> such a weird, like, such Did a we weird make it up? I reckon, I reckon I... we might I had never noticed it until you said it, and now I've I think it on about Twitter, though and big footy. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I just, I'd never noticed that I don't do it until you said it, <laughs> yeah. and then I realized that it's like a not like it wasn't even a rule in my head. It was just like something I just automatically did. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can go Nick Dacos. I think I've been. I feel like it's a bit burnt, almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. At this stage, uh, let's jump into a little captaincy head to head, Damon. Mm, shall mm, we? Shall we? Give you a little bit of a pep in your step. Well, bit. summed up nicely um, by me. I initially picked Bond, and I, I remember saying, "Doesn't matter who I'm going to pick because Clary's going to absolutely pick it up and outscore them easily." And what did I do? I switched last second from Bond to Walsh, um, and Bond would have actually secured me the win over you because he scored a 164 compared to Clary's 136. But alas, I got seduced by the great man, the Messiah in Walshy. So. I don't know. Can you blame me? Probably. No. 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 I would have taken it. I reckon it was not yep. a bad bad option. Not a bad option. Yeah. Bit of a pod. I felt like a bit, bit, yeah. bit of a pod. I like it. I like it. All right. So you got the first pick this week. Um, obviously, you can't pick Walshy again. So who are you going to take? Who's it going to be? Do I go back to the well? <laughs> Do I go back to the trough? Is it just going to be just each week? Whoever gets to pick first gets to pick Clary. Gets to pick Clary. Although I would have, I would have un, un, undone you, undid you on the weekend, but um, mm. oh, I, I haven't. I've, I, I've got a, I've got a thirst for the, uh, for the pig juice, so I have to go him again. Okay. I have to. What's I have his to. name? Sorry. Yeah, Clary Oliver. All What's right. his name? The pig What's sweaty pig. What's his name? What's his actual name? I referred to him the other. I realized that I think it's only asked the calls in the pig sweaty pig. And yep. the other day at work, I was like, oh, yeah, Piggy Oliver. And they were like, 
that's not a nice thing to say. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, probably, probably a good point. Probably a good yeah. point. <laughs> Classic. Or, or if you like, it could be worse though, because our father-in-law, I don't know if you heard him, he referred to him as the spotted pig. <laughs> and I was like, oh, are you referring to his freckles? And he was like, yeah. I was like, that's worse. <laughs> Like we're just referring to his complexion when he gets really, really hot. His his skin turns pink like a pig. He's sweaty. He sweats it up, and he's a and pig he loves, because he he loves yeah. like gorging on points. He's just exactly, an absolute yeah. fantasy and super coach pig. pig. And he pig looks like out, an oinker. Yeah. All going going through the under 18s <laughs> going through the under eighteen championships. He admits <clears> it. <throat> Although recently he was on a podcast, and he oh yeah, that, read, yeah. Did you read this. about this? Yeah. yeah, this is serious. This is yeah, like terrible. It's harsh. Yeah. I can't remember who the bloke was, but he was he was doing an interview with Sydney Swans, and they were virtually like, "Why why are you so fat?" And he was yeah, like, "Like, can you?" Uh, I don't know. And he's like, "You got to lose some weight, you know, like if you want to make the yeah. you know the the top tier AFL." And he's like, "Yeah," and he burst into tears. Like, fuck, I don't blame him. Like, it's one of that he didn't like shatter his dreams off the back of that. Like, yeah. what an absolute prick of a bloke. Who I, mean, I don't guy get from it. Sydney. Yeah, surely it doesn't anyway. Yeah. But must have been he was overweight. But like you don't you don't call him fat and you don't yeah, just, be like oh yeah it's not exactly yeah 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 and then Clary like himself was like well it's obvious they're not going to take me so yeah. he was just like pretty much fuck you and now he can just like pretty much just every time he like plays the Swans he should just do an old Mister Bean just like do this <laughs> in the coach's box and like oh yeah who's fat uh, now yeah <laughs> who's, who's oinking up now? yeah who's the pig now I'm still the pig but I'm pigging it up at Supercoach uh, yeah. Classic. But who are you going? Sorry, got I am going to go for the person that I will name at the end of this, this sentence. Sentence. Who is Lockie Neal? Done. Lockie Neal. Okay. Lock him in. Done. Lockie, oh, you know, you know what first hand. Him in. Oh, Lockie him in. Very good. You know, first hand being a Don's man. So I would have been he surprised is if going he went to us. Yep. Absolutely he, kill us. He's gonna he's gonna have you you know locky him in and he's gonna have you kneel ing before him. Like a king. Yes. Like king Charles. Anyway, uh let's uh, let's round out because we're uh, taking up people's valuable time. And my SD card's about to uh, run out as well. Um oh, no. so, <laughs> uh let's uh how are we going in terms of head to head? I am uh oh, yes. Two wins, five losses. You are five wins, two losses. And the total is now, what's that differential? Uh, Quick maths, 93. 93, damn it, went the other way. I did also use a calculator, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I saw you like toggling off screen there. Uh, very good. Oh. Well, Liam, because uh, I was about to ask you, I was like, hey, you just using your own arithmetic? And I was going to say, tell me. I got to know. Hey, I got to know. <laughs> and I got to know, we throw it open to you, the good folk of the Supercoach Edge community, and we answer your burning questions. And Damon, we've got Supercoach Pleb here at Supercoach Pleb on Twitter. And he asks, Christ, where do I begin? Would you rather keep McKenna or Wilmot for one more round? Yours sincerely. My team is shit. <laughs> <laughs> is that his team name? Very oh. applicable, if so. And must have mentioned this, this guy as well, Supercoach Pleb at Supercoach Pleb. Give him a follow on Twitter because... Mm. We obviously are quite uh, big fans of Simpsons and all things Simpsons memes that we try to tie in with Supercoach gags. 
And he also does likewise. He creates quite a few Supercoach Simpsons-themed gags and memes on Twitter, so check him out. Uh, so love your work that you do, Supercoach Pleb. Liam? I also like just the fact that that was written as a letter. Oh, yes. I exactly. write that. Can can everyone please start doing that? Yeah, you do um, that and you'll get, you get it read out. Yeah, yeah, you'll definitely get on. Um, yeah, okay, let's actually answer the question. Would you rather keep McKenna or Wilmot for one more round? Uh, I want to keep, I mean, I've, only, I've got McKenna, so I'm going to keep McKenna. But if I had both, I'd probably want to keep McKenna an extra round. But it's much of a muchness. Only the only reason I want to keep McKenna is just I feel like there's opportunity there for him to score better than what he did. Um, whereas Wilmot is scoring well, but they don't think there's the upside, if if that makes sense. Yep. But it's a real coin flip if I had to if I was trading out one, it's really much of a muchness, I think. Yeah. I, I think it comes down to who you're fielding as well. Yeah. Like McKenna obviously more upside there with a higher score. Uh, Wilmot, he's, you know, he's scoring around about 50, 60 thereabouts. Uh, that's pretty much his ceiling. His high score has been 69, which I uh, didn't for two uh, back in round three. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. I think, I think McKenna, if, if you, if he's on field, um, if you're training McKenna and it meant that you say have to switch Wilmot on field, I wouldn't be doing that. Um, but I think yeah, much for muchness. They both play for the same yeah. side. They're both going to be having the same bye week, um, and yeah, they they could both hold their price. I think they probably will both of them. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say keep. Oh, in my case, I've I got rid of McKenna just because it's high price point. Yeah. Um, you're able to cash in more, um, and you could potentially use him as a bigger stepping stone. Right. Yeah. Well, so again, good cover. Looking at know. the looking at Essendon wing defenders score second highest against the Dons, or second the Dons give away second most points to get wing defenders, so it kind of benefits them both in that sense because they're both attacking the one's a wing and one's a attacking defender, so much of a muchness as well there. Yep, no, I agree there. So let's move on to the next. Question has been sent in by Jack Jones uh, at Jack John 0744527. Beep, boop, beep, boop. Uh, could be a bot, but uh, I have I can verify that he's not, unless, of course, he could be uh, AI. Like, chat GPT is getting pretty sophisticated, so who knows? Coming to ask for answers. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Mm. He's, uh, he's compiling a little bit of data. I see what you're doing there, chat GPT. You can't fool us, mate. Uh, but this, uh, this bloke slash bot did slide into my DMs and pretty much posed the same question. And I think he settled on what he's asked here. Sorry, I probably should read out the question. He <laughs> said, hey, gents, would you rather A or B? So A is uh, trading out Ridley, Jinby and Wilmot for Atkins, Drury and Dawson. Uh, or option B, which is uh, trading out Ridley and Jinby for Golden and Atkins. Um, I said to him in the DMs, go for the higher value keeper which in this case is dawson yeah even though you're using a boost you're getting in jury yeah. who could prove to be one of the better cash cows at this point of the season atkins is a bit 50 50 as we spoke about earlier but again could potentially provide a little bit of cover uh if he can keep his spot and could still eke out about 100k so there's upside there compared to um golden 
it's interesting you haven't got him because we spoke about it earlier that everyone should have him. But um, yeah, you could potentially hold on Goulden. He's only got that, that uh, he's got, uh, what was the shit score that he had? 47 or drops out of his price cycle now. Oh, I see. Conundrum. He's break even. Goulden is three heading into the weekend and it could potentially go up 58K if he scores a 130 odd. Um, but it's going to level out over the next couple of weeks. Anyway, I think go for Dawson. He is a higher value commodity compared to Goulden, I think. Um, DPP as well. And yeah, um, I'd be going for A. Yes. What are you, I, what are you writing down there? Are you crunching numbers? I'm just trying to crunch numbers super quickly. So bear with me. Whilst you're doing that, I'll just read out uh, what he's uh, he's slid into my DMs. He's sent me a, a really suspect picture as well, which was unsolicited. Um, he didn't actually. Just just having a bit of a gag there, Jack Jones. Um, but he, I said to him also as well, like look in terms of again how it fits in with your buy structure. Um, and he said the other option that he does have is potentially trading out. Um, what was it? So it was. Now, this is the other option as well. Still bringing in Dawson, Atkins, and Drury. Still trading out Ridley, but also trading out Davey and Ashcroft. And that would leave him with 53K. So it's Ashcroft and Davey instead of, what was it there? Thinking back across. Jinby and Wilmot. Jinby and Wilmot. Uh, no, I would prefer Jinby and Wilmot out, I think. And it depends What's... as well, like how much how much cash you have left over from the Jinby Wilmot. Which yeah. I, I'm guessing won't be much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Davies about seventy k. Or he said he can potentially mm. do McKenna instead <laughs> of Ashcroft. So it could be Ridley, Davy, and McKenna for Dawson, Drury, and Atkins, which I don't mind. I'd probably prefer to keep Ashcroft over McKenna. Yeah. Just because Ashcroft's got a higher ceiling. Yeah. So sorry, what was the second? What was that one? Ashcroft. Uh the second one or the first no, one? No, just the one you just said just then. Uh it was Ridley, Davey, and McKenna for Dawson, Atkins, and Drury. I think I prefer that one. Yep. It's hard to know without seeing a team though, but like visualizing it, but I think that one's probably the one I prefer most. McKenna, Davey, and Ridley out. I think either option A, which is Ridley, Jin B, Wilmot. Atkins, Drury, and Dawson, or go for the um, Ridley, Davy, and McKenna. McKenna, just because Davy, as you mentioned as well, could be out of the side for the Dons. Yeah, and he's pretty much made all the cash that he's going to make. Like he's not going to make any more. Whereas I think Jinby could potentially make more. Wilmot, I think as well, potentially if there's an out of out of the box game. Um, Jinby's yeah. also just going to play. Like West Coast yeah. is in such dire straits. Like he needs to play. Yeah. Um, whereas I don't think Davey is a sure thing. Um, and McKenna, I'd rather Ashcroft over McKenna. Yep. Not like I'd it. rather keep Ashcroft over McKenna. I think there's more upside with Ashcroft. Yep. Let's do it. Let's shake on it. Yep. This is your own coming it. through. Yep. <laughs> I don't know if that worked. Um, but I don't know. Could you, if you put your arm to the, to the opposite side, out of, out of frame. One eternity later. All the all the way out. Like, oh, um, just keep the, going. Yes. Yeah. Yes, there yes. we go. Yes. There we are. There we are. And this is me going. Hey. G'day, mate. Okay. There we go. That didn't work that at all. Sorry. I probably cut that out of the podcast because people were like, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> let's so jump let's into the be... outro. 
Let's yes, move on. let's jump into it. So before we wrap things up, of course, because we are getting well off track, uh, let's run through our Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round eight. Eight. Uh, the Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader this week is also the top scorer of the week. I love it when such that was his Such was his huge round. Took out both titles. And it is mm. someone that is in one of my cash leagues that I've been in for quite a while. Uh, and it is rehab with his team, Colin Good, with a round score of 2,628, if you don't mind, Oof. with a total score of 18,400. His overall rank, get this, last week he was 119th overall. He's gone into the top 15. Oh. 15th overall. Jeez, oh, yeah. what, a, what, uh, what a title to have. Love it. Uh, you know, just an honor to have him as part of our public group. Jeez, he's well and truly kicking away. He's got down, down the straight. So cool. I'll look at yes. his team as well. And he's 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 looking pretty good. He reckons he's got a bit of a tin ass that he's uh he's on a bit of a um bit of a lucky streak, but no, he's gone from strength to strength. So bring her home, Colin Good. Bring her home, mate. Um, love it. Love it, love good. it, love it. Let's move on to our Patreon exclusive group. And the leader is yet again Team Prestitutes Inc. Uh, team with their team, Prestitutes Inc., Jonas Goat, I think we've uh, established. Mm, established. Uh, round score 25-12. That was a weird way of throwing that. 2,512. Uh, total score of 18,054. And he is overall rank 470th. Mm. The Sharpshooters, though, took out the weekly top score with a score of 2,570. Big, big score there. Yep. Mammoth. <sighs> and in terms of our Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League, the results looked something like this. Um, it was Poppable FC defeated by our combined father-in-law in Tankers, uh, which is Peter's team. And it was uh, 2,469. Uh, and it was a narrow, narrow win. It was only eight points uh, up against 2,477. Oof, uh, then we had, yeah, Carps Crushers uh, defeated. By, oh no, sorry, defeated. I just defeated me. Defeated you. Sorry, I was going to give you a win here. Yeah. Uh, you, you could have kept quiet. Uh, Cups crushes. It was two thousand three hundred, uh, defeating your score of two thousand two hundred eighty-one. So that's another close one as well. Nineteen points. Um, yep. Nineteen points. Sharpshooters, who is still in first place, uh, two thousand five hundred seventy defeated black on white, who scored two thousand three hundred sixty-six. And then my team rounding it out, I've uh, progressed into second spot by beating um, Tun at 618, scored at 2,451 against 2,421. So 30 points, the margin there. And must admit that is Empa, of course, uh, one of the longtime supporters of our show and podcast. And he actually said that uh, he was close to bringing in Zebel, but opted not to. And if he did, he would have trumped me. So uh, tip of the cap there for you, uh, uh, Emperor of Tun618. So you've gifted me a win. So thank you. I will uh, pay it forward somehow, maybe. But maybe by gifting you a win, Liam, when we next meet. Thank you. That would be nice. That would be nice. Let's move on to the ladder. And it looks a little something like this. Brett, with his team, the Sharpshooters, sits in first place. A game clear on 24 points over... Uh, with six wins and one loss and five on the trot as well. Going going great guns. Yeah. 
Damon, you sit in second place with your team, DJ Trade a Lot, in 20 points, five wins, two losses, and 4 1 in the last five. Carps Crushers, Wade, uh, 16 points, four, three. Um, four wins, three losses, and two, three in the last five. Uh, Tankers on a bit of a tear as well. He's gone. He was in seventh place off memory. Yeah, uh, not long ago. So Peter, you're going well. Sixteen points, four wins, three losses, and four-one in the last five rounds. So on a on a nice little tear there. Matthew yeah. Emper, tons six one eight. Damon didn't do him much good there. Twelve points, three wins, four losses. Uh, he's in fifth place uh, with uh, five. Yeah, in the last five, two, three. Black on white, Scott Arthur. He has sits also sits on twelve points, bit of a log jam there. Three wins, yeah. four losses, and he's gone one four in his last five matches. Uh, Dylan with his team Popperball FC on the two wins, five losses with eight points, one four in his last five, and myself on the bottom of the ladder in eighth spot. Church of Parish still in the top eight though, uh, four points, uh, one six in terms of win losses, and one four in the last five. Very nice. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the show. But before we go, of course, Liam, where can our listeners and viewers find us across our socials? Yes, if you want to get all the visual gags of Damon and I trying to shake hands through a camera. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll rehearse it. We should have rehearsed it. I'm sorry. That's my fault. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do better next time. Uh, jump yep, onto YouTube, apologies. search Supercoach Edge, and uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, yeah, please. Please, thank you. Uh, on Twitter, if you want some news, some gags, whatever you like, at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at, at Damon J88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, you'll find us at Supercoach Edge. Just search that uh, in the search bar. Just type it in. That's where we'll be. Absolutely. And if you uh, if you like our content and mm. uh, our attempt at uh, – choreographing a handshake electronically uh russell coit style all aussie adventures for those people out there who watched that back in the day it was always quite funny the handshake gag um but yeah if you do enjoy our stuff uh feel free to get around us uh in the form of subscribing to our channel of course we are trying to hit that elusive 1k mark by the end of the season so if you haven't already subscribed and are keen to help us on our way and give us as a bit of a way of thanks to uh, what we uh, produce as maniacal as it is. Um, feel free to do so. And yes, we uh, thank you in advance. But that's it for another episode. So hopefully you can have a, another rip snorter on the weekend. Thanks as always for tuning in and we'll catch you as we say, same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys.